0: Alrighty, so we have a very special guest <laughs> back for the second time on the AWPT podcast. The first time round we spoke about a very taboo subject and we'll probably go a bit taboo today. Why not? <laughs> we always do. Amy Needham. Hello,
1: I came fresh flew in from New South Wales just for this potty in WA. So. <laughs> I feel
0: so honoured, feel so special. You're welcome. <laughs> Your hometown though?
1: Yeah, my hometown, so in Scarb, So. Definitely my old stomping ground, mm-hmm. um, which is nice to be in, but um it's very different culture here, like uh, we were speaking just before about competing and body image, and I do feel like New South Wales typically is a little bit more focused on aesthetics and body composition, whereas new well w a at least and I was in rural w a um, is very much sport and athleticism, yep. um, so it's just definitely such a conflict between two states, even though we live in the same, yeah. We all live in Australia. How's that? what the (laughs) hell is it called? I was like, (laughs) the world. Country? Country, yeah. Country. country. (laughs) You got it. But, yeah, I think that's a big transition. Like, you can feel, like, a lot more relaxed here, even in general driving and stuff like that, versus in Sydney it's, like, very fast-paced. Well, I say that, but I'm, like, Northern Beaches, I'm chill. Um, But, yeah, like, I think even from a fitness standpoint, it's very different, like, Mm. chalk and cheese between states.
0: Well, that's where we were going to go today because – we were just speaking on our little walk to get some fruit salad because we are so healthy, <laughs> and we're gonna go get gelato after balance. Yeah, balance. <laughs> um, because you've competed in all th- Well, I shouldn't say all three, but well, the I main think it's about three. five
1: federations. Yeah. Uh, okay. So NABA or back if it's I don't know if it's still renamed that, but um, ICN or INBA is what it used to be. NABA, AMB, WBFF. <laughs> IFBB, yeah, and I feel like there was one random one in there. Oh, aside so from doing like an Arnold show or something like that, so yeah, um, very different body composition or body types for all of them, but equally as I guess harsh on body composition or harsh on your body mm-hmm. um, for a female at least as well.
0: Yeah, because we were just chatting about what we were going to talk about today, and we thought we'd go down the route of like coaches not just needing or feeling like they need to compete or to be super shredded super lean as a rite of passage to be a good coach Mm. but also the ramifications of that on self-worth and social media and feeling that imposter syndrome and like not being able to put themselves out there like that's one thing that when I ask questions on my social media like as a coach what do you struggle with most mm. and it is that imposter syndrome and so like those feelings like I have a mum, and she messaged me she's like I don't look like other PTs so mm. I feel like I can't put myself out there I'm like who's your niche market and she's yeah. like who's your target market she's like it's other mums and I'm like
1: well then, well then work towards them yeah exactly like but I think that's the whole thing with imposter is eventually, even as coaches, we end up coaching a younger version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I do get a lot of women who would say the same thing. Like, I just want my body to reflect the fitness level that I have and the healthy eating that I do. I'm like, okay, so you want your body to reflect your lifestyle that you have. Mm -hmm. But I think what they expect of what their lifestyle fitness in quotation marks of that is shredded. Like, and I just need to be tan and shredded and lean and a big ass booty. Like, and I should have cap delts. Like, you know, like, it's like, that's great. But fertility, as far as fitness fertility, that's not going to exist if you look like that. So who are you marketing to? And people fall into that trap as trainers. It's really good marketing. I'm like, okay, but for who? Like I said, do you want to coach other competitors? And he's like, no, like, I just like gen pop, but I want someone who's driven. And I think they see uh like peak physique as far as like body composition changes competing as determination and so they want people to feel inspired by that story and want to achieve it Mm. um but ultimately, yeah, if you're coaching gen pop and that's who you want, do photo shoots and do get your leanest and healthiest and do a photo shoot from there and use that to inspire people because what happens is this trap that you get of clients who come to you who then compete and wind up worse off. Mm. Um, and then all you've done is mess up a client and yourself. Like that's like if you're wanting to, like, I guess, hold the torch of health and fitness, like that's not really going to do it.
0: And then I guess we could even go down the rabbit hole of like, Pets and things like that. Like Yeah, which, like, yes. It's rife. Like, I think a lot of people need to understand that. Like, if you are competing in a sport, it is, and I don't want to generalize here, but most likely there are going to be, there's going to be that influence on those people, like on some of the top top competitor. especially
1: if it's like you said like if it's the imposter thing and it's like loss aversion right so there's a point where you compete and you look really good and you're like i have to bring a better game and what is going to give me that two percent difference your coach maybe someone who's willing to gray like
0: Gray, area. gray
1: areas of health mm. versus like aesthetics and, and using like enhancements for for that. But then they're technically false advertising that you're going to look like this. And a lot of the images we see from competitors, they're not natural. So mm. if you're wanting to maintain your health but also peak your physique, you either want to genetically blessed or you have mm. enhancement in some area or – if they have the money to expend, which aren't your ideal client, like they're not your mums, you know, people who basically work, but they have the income and sponsorship to be able to focus solely and purely on their physique. And that's their one job mm. and they get paid or sponsored for it. The level of extremes they're going to go to is going to be much different.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And that doesn't just go for like bodybuilders in, when we're talking about like athletes, like that will be in all, to, all types of sports mm. and like even in other types of sports as well. Like it, just because they look fit, like, quote-unquote, doesn't necessarily mean they are healthy. Like, this is a conversation I think we've had before as well, is that, like, in, like, um, competition sports, let's just say, like, team sports and things like that, Mm. or any kind of, like, top-level athlete, they're most likely carrying an injury because of the level of training that they have to do. And, you know, the way that they push their body to the extremes, like, it is... Like it's inspirational, but Mm -hmm. also just knowing what comes with that as well. And like, have a look at, at like, you know, let's just take like the top athlete or athlete quote unquote in the world, like a footballer like Tom Brady or something like that, like his coach like has his coach and I actually don't know who his coach is but like is that coach as good a player Mm. as he is so the coach doesn't necessarily have to be because coaches don't play like the (laughs) athlete right like they have the background knowledge they have um the theory behind yeah but they might not necessarily have and this is where like we could have a discussion and argument as well is like talent versus grit as yeah. well like there is definitely talent is definitely going to play a part um but the hard work also plays into it as well like sometimes there might be a competitor who just doesn't have the natural talent or like the proper proportions let's say or the you know their uh, genetics yeah. aren't suited to that particular sport so and therefore they'll never be yeah yeah the best of their and sport. ultimately
1: even looking at cadavers looking at bone structure and stuff like that like You can have grit and you can have genetics that place you or predispose you to do well in an area. Like I have very long limbs, like Mm -hmm. a noodle. I'm never going to do well in like powerlifting powerlifting or like, yeah, I'm just not – I don't have the leverage for that. But I do have the leverage for say something like I'm going to place myself into like Pilates or just like the long limb lines and stuff like that. So it looks like – and this is where you fall into the trap of say Mm – Yogis look really lean and healthy, but they also have very small bone structure. So if you naturally start – if you start a sport and your bone structure is ideal for that sport, so then you pursue it because we like to pursue things we're good at – And then all of a sudden you become good. There's this, I guess, association of being like, well, because they do that sport, their body looks like that, which is untrue. It's Mm -hmm. that they chose that sport because their body suited that sport and they did well in it because they had the passion to continue because it felt good.
0: You gravitate towards what you're good at naturally.
1: Yeah. So, I think that's the other thing I think is like, oh, I want to look like a dancer or I want to look like something. I'm like, oh... You don't have the bone structure for it, for one, um, and also the discipline. And if you're prepared, like, because the people we're talking about with athletes, that's their career. They're willing to do a lot of things for their career, but they also don't have to consider anything else. Like, they don't have to consider their work, their kids, their family, and all that kind of stuff or their partner and stuff in order to focus on that one area. And it's what you're willing to give up in order to succeed, I guess, as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's also, like, you know, like, what – I've lost my train of thought here – is, like, if you are, like, if you have a certain structure and if you have a certain way, like, if you train a certain way, like, to look like someone else, no matter if two people, like, are, like train the same, eat the mm. same, whatever, they're still going to have a different aesthetic. They're still, like, depending on their levers, depending on, like, how big their muscle bellies are, depending on so many different things, like... Two people train the same way, eat the mm. same way doesn't necessarily mean they're going to look the same way Yeah, because and every person is individual. Exactly.
1: And what you're blessed with, quote unquote, is going to be different. Like I've mm-hmm. never had to try for calves in my life, Yeah. Um, but it looks Some like I Some men would kill cool for that. <laughs> Some men would love to breed with yes, this. They actually have
0: quite decent calves too. The yeah. Look,
1: so. I think I'm going to blame athleticism backgrounds for that but I think as well the thing to keep in mind is that like regardless of how well you train or how well you eat or anything like that the way you hold yourself confidence wise and self-esteem wise Mm -hmm. is the level of attractiveness that people will believe so people will believe whatever you tell them Mm -hmm. so if you walk around like not cocky but confident Mm -hmm. in your body whether it's at part A of your fitness journey or part C, D, E, F, whatever it is, if you walk around with chest tall, like standing up, like proud of yourself, mm. people are going to believe you're confident and they're going to like – your your posture even just looks nicer and you look more attractive when you stand confidently. So I think waiting for a physique in order to feel confident in yourself is losing or missing the whole point mm. of it. Um,
0: because then you can go down the whole trap of like punishing yourself into – Certain types of training or like working yourself too hard where there's too much stress on your body and things like that, rather than doing it because you love it. Mm. And like, what is going to be more sustainable in the long run?
1: Yeah, like you want to be able to enjoy what you're doing in order to sustain it. And that's even like rigid dieting protocols or like burn into the ground kind of programming where you're flogging the absolute shit out yourself or training morning and night and doing cardio and weights and stuff like that. It's like you might you probably get skinny fat. Like you just get leaning and lose your muscle mass and, and one be super stressed out, but you're not actually enjoying the process. So a large chunk of your life is just shit. Like Mm. you're just not even enjoying what you're doing for 90% of your days. So like you're waiting on something. And I think that's the whole point is like waiting to be happy or waiting on something, someone or an event to be happy. It's yeah. fucked. Like, no one knows, like, when your time is up either.
0: Yeah. Like, I've definitely had coaches, like, it's a feeling they're after. And this is something that you can take away for your clients as well. Because when your client says, I want to lose five kilos, it's not because they want to lose five kilos necessarily. It's because the, the feeling that they think they're going to get when mm. they lose that five kilos. So, like, I've definitely had coaches come to me and be like, I want to do a competition. Mm. And I say, okay, why do you want to do the competition? Is it because, like, you want to compete? Like, you love, like, the... Standing um, on
1: stage and, like, performing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And
0: are you going to do this for the long run as well? Or is it just that you want the Bucket feeling list. of getting really lean? Because you can go through the process of getting really lean without having to step on stage. Mm. Like, you don't necessarily have to step on stage to do that. Do a photo shoot or, like you said before, or just enjoy the process of mm. doing that and, like that f- like follow that feeling but also like having that feeling before you get to that mm. point as well like I think and I can I'm going to just completely flip this over as like into a different realm but as a business owner like I've had to look at myself and be like who do I have to be to be a business owner as mm. well because like you know your clients it's like you it, getting them into that mindset of like identity change because you know, we can, like, the process, like, the behavior change that we try as coaches to get our clients to do to be able to, like, you know, let's just take lose weight as an example. It's, like, you literally just need to, like, eat less than you output, right? Like, mm. if we go, like, super, super simple, like, there are going to be a whole lot of things that play into that, but – um the process is easy, but why don't people do it? Mm. Why don't they change their behavior? It's because they have an identity linked to yeah why well, I'm a person who is a foodie and I like to go. I love to out with my weekend. friends We have
1: like platters and, and like, alcohol yeah.
0: and like stuff like that. and that's like not nec- it's not necessarily their identity to be like that fitness person. So like rather than starting from the ground level like changing behaviors, we need to address the identity and of that's going to stem down yeah. to thoughts and emotions. And that's going to stem down to behaviors. So like as a business owner, I've had to be like, think like, well, what's my identity? Like before it was like, I'm a fitness coach, like kind of thing. But now it's like, well, I'm a business owner. Who do I need to be? Like I need to identify as this business owner for me to be a successful business owner, mm. for me to change my thoughts and beliefs around mm. business, which Again, like, I find so many coaches, like, that whole imposter syndrome or, like, you know, I can't get clients, like, all that sort of stuff, like, these limiting beliefs, it's, like, they have to change that identity that's going to stem down into, like, those beliefs and thought patterns, which Mm. is going to stem down to, like, the behavior change and yeah and
1: your actions that you take because you believe it but mm-hmm. that's the same as like you have to look at yeah who would you need to become in order to do that but also like your values because if you're valuing social connection over food more than valuing your goals you're not going to achieve your goals like I think that's the I had a chat on my um client Facebook group before of being like okay well the half truth is you're I hate hate the word self-sabotage I'm like that's actually not true you just chose an action which is inconsistent or does not align with your goals that you put out, right? Mm. But people will always do what they value most. So, we kind of lie to ourselves in a a sense. If we say we self-sabotage, we're like, no, actually, I chose something else. And I think taking the accountability back of being like, I chose this. I chose family time and the big big ass – dinner and stuff we have because family is important to me and that's my top value. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to wear, I guess, the ownership of that, that's when you have the power to change and control something. Whereas if you're like, why can't I stick to my goals? I can't mm. do this. I'm like, you just didn't want it. Yeah. Like so it's at It's that becoming point, a
0: bit more realistic about what you can achieve with like – what your identity is or like what you continue to choose
1: yeah and choosing a goal or a physique which aligns with your values and who you want to be because if I wanted to be if I take me back to competing Amy I was an asshole like even more than now but like (sighs) um, but like I had no life I had I mean
0: you weren't eating come on yeah that would turn anyone into an asshole not eating
1: and ADHD in one is like recipe for ultimate bitch but like um, you just have no personality. I had no libido. I didn't want to socialize. Like I had no life, like the quality of life that I wanted wasn't there. The Mm -hmm. physique was there, but the quality wasn't. So now I think, okay, well, what would, and not even physique based, but what would my habits be to be my healthiest, happiest, fittest now? Um, and, and what would I need to be or who would I need to be in order to do that? And then keep thinking I am that person. And then my actions will kind of deliver that. And if that means like, it doesn't matter where your weight your body composition falls in that if you're happy with your habits and the person that you're kind of embodying I guess from there too
0: Mm. and that like again like I kind of like stem this back to business because like as a coach like how long have you been a coach now for
1: Uh, I think it's like 10 11 years
0: okay so when you were going through this like competing phase sort of thing were all your clients like doing similar training and similar dieting kind of thing god
1: no oh at the time at the time when i first started competing i had corporates and i also had um people training at arnold gym but i wasn't training competitors like when i very first started yeah. um and also because <laughs> i don't like training competitors um but yeah i don't know my my clients at the time they would be inspired by it. they're like wow i can do that but i could not reach them yeah because i'm not relatable if, like, they want to go out and have a drink and I'm, like, oh, God, don't yeah. – I close the devil. Let's oh, yeah, not do yeah. that. That's going to make me put on instant body fat. Yeah. Or if I'm going out and we might, like, eating Tupperware or, like, eating everything to the gram, but they're, like, yeah, but I don't want to compete. I just want to look good. And I'm yeah. trying to tell them, like, don't you dare eat out. Don't you do that. Like, no drinking alcohol. Can't you – No, 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 you're going to overshoot your calories. Mm. No untracked meals, no unweighed meals. You cannot reach a client because they can't relate to you whatsoever. Whereas now, if I have a client, she's like, oh, it's my birthday coming up. I'm like, all right, this is how many drinks you're doing. This is like, we're just going to control this. And if you eat like this in the morning, like you have your protein, reds and greens, and you have a lighter lunch, then we can warrant having this, you know. And it's working and being able to relate to them from a lifestyle perspective that they will will stay with you. If you make it Mm -hmm. sustainable in their program and also in their nutrition Um, and you relate to them and you speak to what they value, like if they value their friendships and partying, if I speak to them in that sense and make my protocols and programs fit in with that, they're more likely to stay on. Like most of my clients stay on for over a year and a half, two years. Purely because they're like this is sick one, they get adaptations and I have flexibility in what they can do and obviously they're constantly progressing but they're learning along the way Mm -hmm. because I think trying to set a goal or a target outside of what they're capable is the quickest way to bring down someone's self-esteem. Yeah, I feel like you are not going to tuck out any drop of alcohol on this weekend, which is your birthday and yeah. absolutely no cake. Like they're going to fuck it up and they're going to feel like shit because they couldn't fulfill what they told me they were going to do, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can definitely like relate to that. But also as well, like as you evolve, your business evolves, right? So like, you know, it might have been like back in the day, it might have been like, do this do this like this meal plan this like whatever but then as you evolve it's like more sort of like health conscious and I think like yeah as you evolve as a coach as well your business will evolve and Mm -hmm. like your business is going to reflect your values as well and so like I feel like it can go to like the opposite extreme as well where it's like almost promoting or glamorizing unhealthy habits yeah as well it can go too far that way so and try, mm. trying to find that happy me <laughs> it is ha- i was about
1: to step in just like dog like poo when it comes to like um a topic to be topic there but like the health at every size one. I'm like from just studies wise that's not true like yes you can have health at every size but you are not healthy at every size like I think that's the difference so you don't want to be in two extremes you're like well you have to be bloody shredded to actually have credibility um and also get your clients to have these super dick thin dick thin skin results dick skin Lean. dick skin thin yeah whatever the veins out and uh, yeah. stuff but you also don't want the opposite of being like they have zero motivation to change because you're like oh you're perfect as you are okay cool well what do i need you for but yeah they're like where it comes to like diabetes cardiovascular disease like sleep apnea like obstructive like breathing and stuff like that yeah obesity mm-hmm. is going to affect that so like from a health standpoint yes you want to work on your health but it doesn't need to be that you're working on weight loss you're working on improving your health through these healthier habits mm. um But yeah, like I think there's a balance of both and there's a need for it because there's other coaches who are too extreme and their clients burn out and they get a shit experience and they take that experience with you onto the next coach and talk shit on it. Like Mm. have been like, oh, it was so restrictive. I couldn't do this. But you don't want to be like, you can eat what you want. Nutrients don't matter. Like just eat Pop-Tarts and like protein shakes and you'll be sweet. Like that's not the purpose of it either. And like smarter programming, smarter nutrition, but I guess being relatable and having realistic body body goals for that person specific to that person not trying to get them to look like someone else
0: yeah for sure like and I think as well like those those restrictive programs like those transformation programs where it's like short aggressive dieting that's unsustainable and then like get the shot and then after and then you that, like see what's you later. the after after effects of that like yeah the before after and then what's the after after kind and we know
1: that we know the effects of that that's like weight overshooting body fat overshooting fat mm-hmm. cell hyperplasia so getting new fat cells it's a it's a poor uh relationship with body dysmorphia it's like thinking that there's magic foods and that you have to be on this specific plan in order to lose weight, which is bullshit. But also like from a female hormonal perspective, that just sets you up for failure. And so many years of having to work back like reproductive hormones, health, like your leptin levels. um, And obviously the more frequently you yo-yo diet or crash diet, the more fat cell hyperplasia, the more adipose tissues you gain. So the harder and harder it is to lose weight from that standpoint, every single time you try. Mm -hmm. So I think, flexibility with it and like more of the promotion of the negative effects i guess of those crash and rigid diets is definitely happening yeah. but there needs to be more education because if you leave those you don't like the i i personally think the future of all coaching is education like 100%. if you if you can like what does it lead to something to water
0: lead a horse to water but can't be yeah,
1: yeah. but if you can teach it whether find the bloody water like yeah. it'll be fine so i think the way forward is not being like you can eat whatever you want. The way forward is let me teach you about food and yeah. let me teach you about training.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so 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 important like it's it's kind of like, you know, why we started AWPT as well because it's like educating the coaches to be able to go and educate the client because with that like couple of things. Like first of all like clients are going to be getting smarter so these bullshit coaches are going to mm. go out of business right because the client's going to come to that coach and ask the right questions and be like is this what you're going to do to me is this what you're going to do to me like no I don't want to do this mm. kind of thing and then coaches also have to step up their level of education because otherwise e- again like you're going to get left behind mm. kind of thing and yeah like I think that's super important C- clients will not necessarily need you but they want to stay with you so yeah you know in some cases like coaches will keep clients in the dark and like because they
1: want them to feel needed literally
0: do everything for them because they feel like yeah they need them but if you're educating your clients then they're gonna want to stay with you because you know that you have their best interests at heart
1: yeah and they they will see that like they people can have perspective like they can pick up vibes and like your energy and stuff too and if they feel like you're just taking for a ride they're not going to want to one if you educate them and they feel like you have their best interest but also if you if they feel good People will stay if they're like, I feel amazing, like regardless of what their body looks like, if they're like, I feel so good, Mm -hmm. I've never felt so athletic and yeah, I'm the leanest I've been, Mm. but I have a balanced lifestyle um, and I train hard and I feel strong. Yeah, they're going to want to stay.
0: That is one of the best glow ups, like when clients come to you and say, I've never felt so strong and I have never eaten this much in my life and been able to maintain my weight. Like, yeah, fuck yeah and
1: i should say it's not just women either like i have a male client now and he's like amy i've never had so much energy in my life he used to do intermittent fasting and keto Ugh. and what? he's like i never had any energy and i was like what the fuck well, no why wonder. but also that's a like dopamine client thing too of like let me go hard and fast and see if i can do it yeah. and then if it seems too easy i don't want to do it right um but like yeah he's dropped oh so much like He's like, I have great energy, I have a better sleep, I train well, I feel strong in the gym. And he's like, I'm actually cognitively with it in the morning. I'm like, yeah, because you have glucose, or like you have food. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah, it makes sense if you're not starving yourself. Um, but yeah, I guess comparatively from that, he's still lost, I think – quickly because obviously they lose weight quicker at the start mm-hmm. um i think it's at least seven kilos down in eight weeks or even eight and eight kilos like like that Amazing. but he's like i didn't think i'd be able to do this because what he thought was he had to be extreme and it had to be like keto and it had to be intermittent fasting and that um because funny story uh, not so funny but basically they've seen as self-harm or non non-suicidal self-harm is the same as restrictive eating behaviors so the same feelings or thoughts surrounding it is the same as what happens in um yeah so think like cutting yourself and stuff like that yeah. uh, without intention to die yeah. um because it's punishment and yeah, it's I can the same see that thing as,
0: as like punishment or even like trying to control right like restrictive yeah. eating. if i can't
1: control my life i'll try my eating yeah yeah
0: it's the, the only thing you have control over at some like in some periods of your life
1: yeah, there was a study I was going to try and find out if that's okay. Um, but yeah, from that, it is the same. And even with anorexics and stuff like that too, they found that they still get ghrelin, they still get hunger hormones, everything. Their perseverance and feeling as though they deserve that punishment, mm-hmm. that's the difference is they, they're they willing to go through it because they feel they deserve the punishment or they've created such a big story in their head about food that they, um, yeah, they can't really get past it, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
1: Uh, anyway that was a side tangent but from a neurological perspective self-esteem anyway isn't even dependent on good apparent good looks it's it's patterned behavior learned behavior of how confident you are um so yeah anyway that was my other one I was trying to find the self one
0: that's all right yeah so I think as well like as a coach you know and I suppose like you would have gone through this like when you were competing and like Was social media around then? Yeah, it was like 10 years ago. In the Dancer Ages. (laughs) Just kind of starting, like, you know, you know, having to post those photos as well as like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with like experience, like, I mean, you've come from experience and you're like, now I go the opposite way kind of thing. But also like, you know, showing your clients that, because I like, I've definitely gotten lean before, but I didn't necessarily need to feel the need to compete and I've definitely got a strong like fucking strong before and I could have competed in powerlifting but just enjoying the process and also like which is so
1: much more balanced well I don't know at least from my perspective so I went from competing the reason I did so many and obviously consequently had six years secondary amenorrhea um, is because I was good at that one thing and I was like, oh, I finally found my purpose, like something that I can do and I'm willing to punish. And that was the whole point is I was already slightly under eating before because that's what women in fitness are told to do is that you eat small meals, you've got to be lean. Men can bulk, Mm. women cannot. Like you've got to stay relatively lean. Um, But then going through there and then getting a sponsorship, you feel the pressure, like as that pressure adds up. And also from an identity standpoint, if you've got to such a low level, of body fat, your identity becomes that if you've been that for so long, and you're like, mm-hmm. if I add even, like, I remember freaking out if I added on, I was told I had to be within stage weight of about three, two, maybe like three kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're so lean in like fitness, which is like a little bit more shreddy, like, um, figure, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, that's that's not maintainable at all. And the more you try and stick to that, then the less, I guess, hormonal replenishment you get. There's no leptin replenishment. There's no reproductive health restored, no immune system restored. Your bone health is still shit. Yeah. Um, but because your whole identity is like, that's what you get known for. It's like, oh, well, she's the shredded fit one, you know? And then like having to break up with that identity, to be completely honest. And that's how
0: you change your behavior, right? Like we were just Yeah, yeah, before. exactly.
1: I'm like, and mm. I think one of the biggest ones I quote, ones I've seen, I was like, I'm actually not losing my body. I'm gaining a life. Yeah, well, um, yeah, And and knowing that I'm like, okay, well, if I want to eventually procreate or create children, I love the science term, <laughs> um, then I would need to live a lifestyle and have a body that would fulfill that. Yeah. Um, and I think even reading things of like the amount of cardiovascular risk and, and uh, osteoporosis risk mm-hmm. from having such low levels of body fat, yeah. I was like, oh, this is not worth it. Like if, if I'm shooting myself in the foot from a health and longevity standpoint, it's fine to punish myself and be like, it's okay I just won't have a cycle. I'm never going to get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, when you start to mature and you realise, oh, actually, this is actually harming my health as well as my ability to it's create unjust. life. Like, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, I guess, the whole difference is like there's a difference between being looking like you're fit versus actually being fit. Healthy, yeah. um, but unfortunately, the Id- if you ha- until you break up the identity, you won't do it. And like there were so many times. I remember I started reverse I know I got so excited. I started doing a recom program with a guy at pps in perth actually and he's like right we're putting on you on 2600 calories i was like oh my god i've never eaten so much in my life there's me like 3k now but um i remember at the time and i didn't associate anything negative with my body at the time but i did have i thought it was muscle i did gain obviously body fat after like weight overshooting but i was very muscular because that was my first comp. That's the first I've got that lean. So the body fat or weight overshooting wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember going out for dinner to grab grilled or something with friends. And I was like, okay, I've, I just started flexible dieting. I was like, amazing. I'm just going to calculate this in. I'm going to get a Zen Hen with no dressing. I'm going to do this on the side. And I hadn't seen them in like a little while. And all it took was one comment. My self-esteem was obviously quite low and I was just repairing my relationship with myself and I felt really good. I was like, I was able to go out and eat something which wasn't on plan. Mm. I felt strong in my body, not shredded. I mm. felt strong and that made me feel happy because my libido was higher and I enjoyed life more and I was just happier for no reason. And this one comment, this girl was like, oh, wow. It's like you're one of those little blow up toys or like the things you, um, what is it? Like little rubber thing you put in water and it explodes in size what um something to do with like it's like you know one of those little men she's like tried to explain it to me it's like one of those little men that is like you put them in water and they 10 times the up. size yeah she's like it's like you're I was like what she's like oh it's like you're a regular human now yeah, or like and I was like because my identity I was like no 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 I'm the fit shredded one. Oh. And like I had put on weight and that was also like my hormones coming back online and stuff like that. But I was also, you got to remember, on stage the first time, not a lot of muscle mass. And I would say 51, 52 kilos, like tiny.
0: And you're tall.
1: And I'm tall. And, and also I had long limbs. Like yeah. <laughs> it's got a while to carry. Um, but yeah, like, and I was just like, I, it just sh- shook me. I was like, oh, have I let myself go quotation marks like I was like oh I was actually feeling really good and that one comment brought me back down I was like that's it next day I fucking started like ketones for whatever reason I was brainwashed into that and then like keto and I can't do this and then I got told I had PCOS what I had was HPA dysfunction and Mm. I had hypothalamic amenorrhea and that's why I had secondary amenorrhea but like it takes one comment and we obviously ferment or stew on a negative comment when we've had so much positive going on like I yeah. felt strong my coach was giving me a great program I was doing like lifting more weight and I felt like more energetic and I enjoyed life and I had a healthy relationship with food but then we mm. focus on this one negative comment i being like oh I supersized supersized me which I didn't G- I yeah. just was a human. I just wasn't a Chinese shredded pubescent looking teen. Like, <laughs> um, and like when I think about it, of changing body typing wise, I literally went from looking like a pubescent teenage girl mm-hmm. to a woman. And that was such a hard thing to break up with. I've been like, I was a gymnast and I was lean. And then yeah. I was a competitor and I was lean and I was small um and then all of a sudden I have a woman and I have uh I have a woman I, I am a wh- woman and I have female hormones and I have to deal with this and yeah. I have more emotion like I wasn't used to having any emotion whatsoever I was just like dead inside wow but yeah like I guess that's how one comment and even being kind about how you speak about people's bodies yeah. um can shape someone's identity and how and their growth like and how well they are to like evolve I guess
0: and that's why it's like always a work in progress like if we relate this to like not just about like your self-worth in your body image and your physique but like you know if you were to you know put yourself out there let's say like on social media like I'm just relating this back to what I hear from coaches but Mm -hmm. like you know getting on a roll with social media doing really well posting and then like one post doesn't do so well yeah and then you're just like oh well like what's the point of it and like throwing it all the way and not being consistent like for example, you know, social media has gotten a lot more difficult yeah. to grow. But it's those ones who just continue to post for the process and to continue to, like, just don't think about it as, like, oh, I need to grow. I need to, like, build a new audience and mm. get new followers and blah, blah, blah. Like, nurture the followers. Like, think about it as, like, nurturing the follow- followers that you do have mm. um, and giving them heaps of value because, you know, maybe down the track they'll want to work with you.
1: And also, I think like, um, so like, even my boyfriend was saying the same. He's like, Oh, your post got more follow it likes than mine, and you have more, and like, just comparison. And in my head, I'm like, It's never, I said, I don't post for my following. Like, clearly, it doesn't grow. Um, <laughs> but I think the whole point of the, if you're focusing on, something transient about how many followers you got all that kind of stuff is you're mm-hmm. missing the point the point is mm-hmm. you're putting out a message that people can benefit from whether they stumble across it whether they follow it or not if your message hits home with someone and mm-hmm. that makes them change the way they see their body or the nutrition or training and they learn something mm-hmm. that for me is my goal it's not mm-hmm. about the following or who likes it or anything else it's like did I get my message out there am I happy with the message that I put out there mm-hmm. I've like, I watch we watch my reels and stories and uh, I posts. think i hilarious I'm so So funny. Um, (laughs) We're funny. Together we're funny. Um, But, like, I'm like, that's my point. It's like, am I happy as someone who's creating the masterpiece of whatever I choose to put out as my business? Am I happy with that? Because that's all that really matters. And the ones that leave, Mm. like, that's trash taking itself out. They clearly didn't want to do business with you and they clearly – didn't believe in what you're saying so good like leave see bye
0: yeah yeah, 100% and that's why where I think it's like that scarcity mindset it's like oh no like what if they're not gonna like me like oh uh what if I lose followers it's gonna be bad for business blah 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 but like you're saying like yeah that's that that they're people who aren't gonna do business yeah that's not your person or your people yeah like Like, you want to attract the people that you want to work with you because trust me it's like difficult like even if you do favors for someone like just to get someone on board like that's a mistake because they don't value they don't value you and what you provide for them like and
1: you want to honestly be as shocking and vulnerable as you can because the people who are meant to be for you will stay like, that's why I have images of poop on the toilet and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> the people who are meant to see it will stay and they yeah. will like it. The people who are not will be turned off and they'll leave. Yeah. But I think that comes from knowing your niche too.
0: Yeah. I think that could be as well, like, something like why my following isn't growing anymore because I am doing more of that. I am, like, putting more of myself out there rather than being just this, like, 2D. Robot. Yeah, like, literally, that's how I felt lately. I felt like, like, you know, since in the last year, I've definitely grown. But before that, all I was, was training in nutrition. Yeah. And all I was there for, was for like, you know, here's an exercise and here's a, and here's like how to fix it. And like, yeah, here's and it, it is valuable for people. Like, don't get me wrong, but also like, I was like, but I'm me as well. And so like, and I've actually found like, to be honest, my business is doing so much better. Yeah, even course. though my following isn't Because people can relate to you now. Yeah. And more people, yeah, want to work with me.
1: But I, yeah. And it's not
0: based off followers. I know plenty of coaches making six figures who have a thousand followers or less. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. It's never about your following sizes, whether you can reach that person and they, they connect with your story mm-hmm. um, or whatever message or thing you're trying to do. But I think the whole point to realize, especially with social media is that, it is a photo app mm. and it's entertainment. People will literally watch a train wreck if they think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. So, it's it's about your presence of what you want to deliver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is entertainment. So, people with, say, a large following, they may not have anything to offer. And also, they may not get many inquiries from people mm. to do business with them because they don't see them as educated. They see them as funny. They see them as... Uh, funny or good looking but like they just want to look at them right but they're like oh I actually don't think you know anything so I'm probably not going to do business with you so you've got to have I guess well for me at least I have a very funny (laughs) I like like to entertain but I also need to balance that with like I'm like yeah I like to entertain and I like to get your attention your attention for it but I also have the knowledge in the area so I think if you balance the two one people want to feel relatable which is why they like the entertainment side of it and being able to see your personality but then also throw that in with some education and like knowledge there too um but yeah big following. So like it could also be seedy old men looking at their rack you know like it's not exactly like it's quality of people that you want
0: yeah and that's why I don't know how deep to go into this, but like some coaches now that I'm seeing... Penetrate deeper. Media, <laughs> okay. Everyone's going to know as soon as I say it, are calling people out and oh, saying nasty things and like putting other people down and like it's just a horrible place to be. I've unfollowed. Like yeah. I, knew, I know certain people like personally that I've unfollowed because I'm just like, you are desperate right now. Yeah. Like you are just like so desperate that you have to put other people down and make fun of the way they train and their training philosophies. And, you know, maybe they aren't as educated, but like, you know, it's just, you can do it in a better way. That's actually going to help. And I people. think also
1: don't do it public. Like I had one lady attack me. Oh, long story. Um, <laughs> and my issue was uh, I messaged her. I had to message her. I was like, Hey, you've actually posted something of mine, which was taken out of context and you haven't actually speak in, spoken to me. In regards to like educating me, I'm like mm. this is an issue for someone who has a PhD. Yeah, your whole focus should be to stop it at the root and be like, hey, I actually think you said that one thing wrong. Yeah, but instead, you care about likes and follows and engagement from your end. That tells me you're in the wrong industry because mm-hmm. if that's your your whole point of difference, in the only way for those people to be able to make entertainment is to bring others down. That's the same yeah. as tall poppy syndrome, and I, I think it's pathetic. Like
0: everyone is just doing the best with what they have. And I think like, you know, you know, you guys as coaches, whoever's listening, like put, put it out there, like put out there, like what you believe and what you think and like who you are and all that sort of stuff, because like, you're never going to please everyone. Mm. And also like, we all make mistakes and we all like, we're all on a learning journey. We're all on, we're all in a process. And also, you know, that woman that called you out, Mm. she's not your client, like, yeah, you she's know. not. Yeah, and you're going to know more than your clients as well. Like, and I, Yeah,
1: and I also think speaking of which of like knowing your client is in the past I'd been maybe creating things a little bit more long-winded, going into the complete science of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, am I coaching yeah. myself or, or like educating myself or am I wanting to hit yeah. my, my audience who are like general population? Because yep. if I am, I need to simplify it. And I think a key marker of knowledge is if you can put things in baby terms. 100%. But also, we technically, from a neural perspective, you should speak to a client as if you're speaking to or course participants, even if they're PTs, whoever they are, as if they're like 11, 12. Because if you can't speak to them like you're 11 or 12-year-old or 8-year-old, then you do not know your topic well enough.
0: Yeah. I definitely like with AWPT and stuff, like I still try to make – even though there are like technical things that we need to talk about, I still try to make it as digestible as possible. Like I Mm. have had women – who aren't PTs or coaches and they might not necessarily know the basic anatomy that, you know, have done the course and they've been able to understand. Mm. So, like, you know yes it's the scapula but it's also the shoulder blade like yes, it's the patella but it's also the kneecap like that kind of stuff yeah and
1: even an analogy of being like well you know you would feel it when you do this movement and they're like oh yeah now i get it and also it makes you more relatable but people cannot learn so say people retain 20 percent of information in a course Mm -hmm. people cannot learn in a stress state if they are so worried about getting an answer wrong or not digesting it and they're just stressed trying to take as many notes as they can they're gonna retain maybe five percent yeah whereas if you can make it relatable and use analogies and also simplify it down like and make it practical make well. it practical yeah, like, like keep like them engaged like I think it's I every this
0: into practice like I yeah. hate going to courses that are just like like here's like all the information and all the theory but like well, but how does that help me and how does that help my clients kind of thing
1: yeah and I think there's a difference between some courses I've done <laughs> um, <laughs> I just mouth, just mouth it. <laughs> I just mouth the course. We don't um, name any names. Where it just felt like I'm watching a dick show. Like I'm just well, not like that. Not ping pong. No <laughs> no. <laughs> but it looks like I'm watching someone talk about how good they are. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't educate me in any sense. Like, and I've sat through this lecture so many times of going to that particular place of being like, I'm not actually learning anything. Mm. Um, you can't keep me engaged. I'm bored as fuck because all I'm hearing about is how good you are mm. and the clients you've worked with mm-hmm. um that I can can't relate. Like you need to and if you're speaking in terms that I don't understand, I'm gonna switch off. I already have ADHD. <laughs> like if I'm bored, mate, I'm just gonna look the other way. Yeah. But um I think like I'm more of an extreme to try and keep engaged unless of course I really love the topic. But I think that's the whole point is that even speaking to say your clients and stuff for the coaches listening is like Make it relatable and digestible, but do not, uh, never uh, underestimate, oh, is it over underestimate the level of, basic that you would need to go to that people do not understand yeah. because if you're starting to talk about say gluconeogenesis or changing they're like bitch what like yeah. can you take it back like three notches and put it in terms they understand like okay cool well if you're going out for drinks like your liver is going to be slightly impaired like don't go home and have a sugary snack stuff like that like it's not going to work so well but um even from say if i'm talking about microbiome with a client i'm like okay so we want to have a variety of species like what we want is instead of um a small apartment garden we actually want a rainforest and, it, and every one of those pieces of plants is a, a different microbe right yeah. so I'm like that's what they want and they're like visualizing like oh okay and the way we get that is through food diversity and stuff like that and they're Love like it. so just like change it up yeah, don't need to use big terms people just need to be able to understand what you're saying and they'll they will say if they need to learn more you know
0: yeah 100% awesome um cool I think that
1: covered like quite a lot of things anything (laughs) else you want to (laughs) say oh no nothing else else um no if there's i don't know if there's gen poppy people um they're not really coaches i was going to say you can check out my ebook which is oh yeah so i simplified a lot of like body fat overshooting and um weight distribution, sex differences, stuff like that. And that is in um, my Starve Your Food Fears or Smarter Fat Loss ebook, which is out.
0: Even if you're a coach, like check it out. Like, you know, you might take some things away that you can take to your clients as well. Yeah,
1: to be completely honest, coaches would probably work with it better if you understand or have a basic level of nutrition, but I tried to make it as simple as possible. So it's just a really easy read. It's something I put through from doing a course previously on Starve Your Food Fears, understanding that. Um, But other than that, I think just know that what you have to give your coaches or you'll give your clients is good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you do not need to be in a certain physique or at a certain status of PhD or anything like that in order to have value to to your clients.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe even like number one is like caring. Yeah. Caring about your clients, caring about, you know, getting them the results into the goals that they want. Because, you know, sometimes like, it's not even about that, it's about the mindset shift, it's about who they are, like, they feel more confident, Mm. like, that's a feeling, that's not something that you can give them physically, Mm. like, uh, you can, like, definitely feel more confident, or more comfortable in your body, like, at a certain, um, like, by looking a certain way, but also, like, it comes from within, as well, like you said before, Mm. like, the way you hold yourself, Your posture, you know, you can tell when someone loves themselves and when they want to, like, when you care about something, you want to take care of it as well. Oh, definitely.
1: And to be honest, most of self-confidence and stuff like that comes from achievement and it comes from um, sticking to your goals that you said you would do. And obviously, making that relatable is going to improve your client's confidence. But honestly, they mainly just want to feel heard. They want someone to hear what they have to say, have value in them and actually care.
0: Yeah. And having integrity, I think. Um, One more thing before we do finish up as well, though, is uh, what I wanted to say was like, because you run a business, you run quite a successful business as well. What are your thoughts on like social media? Because like I previously viewed it as like, Ugh, it's just like a time waster and it's like the Benway existence now I've like reshifted that focus to be like no actually this is a big driver of my business and this is how I get close to my potential clients yeah spending time there is important and like because I used to just like be like all right the night before what am I posting tomorrow yeah I think but now it's actually like blocking out time to create quality content that is going to reach my audience and engage with them and, um, you know, making sure that it is giving value to them because, like, ultimately that's how I'm going to reach my potential clients and, Mm. like, not just creating content that's going to... make those like attract those clients to me which is important but also I think like going out and finding your potential clients and engaging with them as well
1: yeah I think like social media can either be a devil or an angel but um I think it is what you create it to be. So I um, unfollow a lot of accounts and I only follow people that I admire. I will follow people even if like, if they're not a coach, but they're say a client or they're just someone who really engages in my content, but I like their personality and the energy. I don't give a shit. Like I do not care where you, what status you're at. If I can learn from you or I resonate with your story, amazing. Um, But I think it definitely needs to have boundaries because it is obviously made to be addictive. Mm -hmm. So I see social media for myself now as like, what can I create? I'm, I'm not a user of it. I'm a creator. Yeah. Um, but also I want to build a community that feels empowering. So that every time I go onto, say my Instagram, um, the messages I'm getting are encouraging. I see other people on their journey and I appreciate that. But I think there is a lot of comparison and there is a lot of conflict over who has done it better. And so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like it, if what you're delivering is good as a creator, mm-hmm. um, then, then you're doing like your best effort there. But as far as like, I think there needs to be regulations. Like I'll take one day off social media completely because I need to know what the real world looks like too. Yes. Um, and even having like time limits on my phone or how long like, I can spend on there engaging, um, the only like there's definitely different different ways like say schedule and uh using other apps and canva and stuff like that to create your content without directly being on instagram mm-hmm. because again it is a photo app it is made to be engaging It is made to like the biggest thing they made is the scroll right with your thumb mm. because it's uh addictive and it's easy for people to do yeah so i think knowing that it is made to suck you in and lose time like i just have like timers on my phone or um, I'll go between appointments. So I know that there's a cutoff time of when I can be on there when I can't. Um, But I think you can either make it, it can be a horrible place, not as bad as TikTok for like negative comments and like keyboard warriors and all that kind of stuff. But literally like block, mute, delete, and Mm -hmm. just filter your content specific to what you want to see. And I wouldn't even be, uh, like I'm going to have to go through soon. But like some of my followers, I'll go in and remove them as a follower yeah. if I think their engagement isn't either respectful or if I feel as though they're not my person. Like if I am like... <sighs> bg day f d f jeff i'm like that's probably not my client like that's probably not going to be a customer for me and also probably not going to be someone i want to relate with and they have no profile picture then i'll just delete them off my following because yeah. it's not about who you just follow but it's who's following you and who do you want to see your content yeah um, i want women to see my comment content um and i want people who want education to see my content and if that's not the person who's following me like so bad like what are you watching for yeah Nice. There's nothing to stop them looking at my page later, but I'll just keep deleting them off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious.
0: Cool. Awesome. I thought that was really great. Re- lots of um insightful things there that everyone can take away. So best place to find you, so you know, you got your Starve Your Food Fears ebook. Mm-hmm. Um
1: so all coaching inquiries, all my link trees, most of my stuff, I'm just active on Instagram. So it will be coach need and then the letter M F I T. So need M fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to probably find me through Kayla's as well. Stalking, I'll probably the one heartizing or flaming most yeah, of her pictures. And I'll
0: tag you in this and oh, all yes, that sick. as well. So. But yeah,
1: that's probably the best place to find me. You can also find me at www.needandfit.com. Um, we, if you want to have a look at little background info. Um, otherwise I will see you on the gram.
0: And should we give him a little sneak peek into like well, you might be seeing a little Yeah, you might be here. seeing just a little bit not more. Not too much, not too much. <laughs> but anyway, yes.
1: Uh, catch you guys soon. See you. Bye.